Well, we have today the Type 2 panel, but before we get to that, uh, I wanted to let you know that you can get to all of the work that we're doing right now at theartofgrowth.org. You've got a channel to um, Abby and I's coaching for couples. Uh, if you want Enneagram coaching, uh, there's a link in there to get to Joel and how to communicate with him, and as well as an online class where you know we've really been trying to figure out how to best communicate um, our approach to the Enneagram, how we think about it how we're working with it. And by the end of this class, you could easily step into this podcast and replace either of us because you're really going to get a deep understanding of the Enneagram class. So because we really do think that this is the best way to do like a Enneagram workshop is to do it online, to do it at a pace and to do it interactively so that you can communicate with us through the process. And there'll also be some coaching available to you as part of the class for you. So, but today we are talking about the type Two. Yes. So the Enneagram um, has nine types and three triads. And these are sort of three centers of intelligence, uh, three preferences of how we um, go about processing the world around us. The heart triad are people that process through the heart center, the emotional center. They are very concerned about how do you see me? Mm. Um, and am I, particularly the two panel, am I being, am I being welcomed into relationship really with you through being helpful to you? This is the uh, two panel, which I really thoroughly enjoyed because once again, I learned so much just by listening to them talk about themselves. Again, the Enneagram, one of the gifts the Enneagram offers is uh, it's self-reporting. Um, I don't want to be the one describing all the types all the time. Because it's filtered through my lens, my type. Mm. And here you get their not only their language, but you get their energy. You get you get that you feel them. You feel their heart coming through. And that is one of the wonderful things about being able to sit back and realize people in the world are different than me. And mm. if you're a type two out there, you're gonna listen to this panel and say, Wow. That's those are my people. That's how I see the world. That's how I process things around me. And it normalizes that. It normalizes you. And I love mm. that about the Enneagram is it so many of us feel like we're aliens, like there's something maybe different about us. Um, the world around us is weird. And this gives a sense of uh, normalizing you and a place for you to feel like uh, you're heard, understood, and there's grace for your type. But there's other people who are going to hear it and just be like, these people seem to, with the, with all the panels, these people seem to need something that I don't know how to give. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that is That's one of the things you true. run into is is I, I, I think we recorded the seven and the two on the same day. And I was thinking that some of the things that the two is asking for are some of the things that the seven resist. Mm -hmm. And so how do we actually learn to meet people where they are when they need very different things from us? very different things than what we would naturally gravitate towards in a relationship and make That's space for that. for our next podcast, Jim. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, man, he's I'm got serious. ideas. He's got I'm ideas, serious. Folks. I want to do that. I want to yeah. do stuff on how if, if a two is in relationship with this other type mm. – you're right about asking that question. I think that's a um, that's precisely the question. It seems like everyone's asking these days: is yeah, okay. Well, then, how do you do relationship between, say, an eight in your case and an eight, and your wife is a nine? How do I do relationship as a as a seven married to a six? You yeah. know, 
So these are very important questions, and we definitely want to get to them. Um, but you're right about that, though. Twos were asking questions or were presenting certain needs that other types would maybe recoil at. Other types mm-hmm. would say, geez, I can't, I can't do that, and I don't want to do that. Yeah. Um, and that's true for all of us. You know, as a yeah, seven, sure. I, I, I know certain types recoil from me, and yes, I think, sure. wow, yeah. you know, this uh, – uh, so this is important for us because we didn't coach this type. We didn't right. say – we didn't go in trying to fix anybody or, or point out areas of growth for the type. What we wanted to do is put in a, a – create a space where they could be themselves fully. Yeah. And, um, I, and I think that's hopefully came through in this panel. And that's the starting point we all need to come to. We all need to start there. It needs to start with acceptance of the other, of hearing them and really hearing their needs and just trying to sit with them. Um, Because after every one of these panels, I went home kind of shooken up and and just having to – feeling like I need to sit with this so that I can um, better invite closer the people into my life instead of pushing sort of our demands on them, which is Mm -hmm. like the the most natural thing for all of us to do is to put our expectations on the other – and and I know people had expectations for, you know, even for this season and what we would talk about, but we really wanted to stick with this, like provide space and let that energy kind of take over not only the room we're recording in, but to take over the podcast where it's just, let's just look, let's just observe, let's just take it in, let's sit with these people well, and process I, them. I wanted to say one of my fears was that implicit in what we were doing is some sort of... Uh, expectation that mm. you now have to meet all the all these needs of all these panels, everything that they've ex- right. that they've communicated. You know that this sort of like, oh, let's just all be nice and sit around and sing kumbaya, or lose ourselves in trying to serve another. This is not the message at all that we wanted to convey. But rather, we need to start here because if we don't start here, there's n- there's no way people will feel safe enough to ever expose what's really going on underneath. Yeah. That's really good. And so we will have some coaching tips for the type two at the end of the episode, but we didn't want to do that during it because this is about making space for them. And so I would just ask that you, as you listen to the type twos, to make space and really receive what they have to say and see them for who they are and the beauty of what they offer. So thank you so much for joining us and enjoy the two panel. All right. Well, welcome to the two panel. I'm so happy you guys are here. Um, I'm here with Nancy, M, and Victoria. And uh, why don't you guys uh, tell us a little bit about you? My name's Nancy. Uh, I've been married for 43 years. I have two grown children. Can't believe it. Um, I've been working with Joel, but now I'm a spiritual director. And I turned 65, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> Hi, I'm M, and very excited to be here. I am a um, I'm a professor and an assistant professor, so new to this. I'm raising my fourth grade lovely daughter, and um, I'm just enjoying life as best as I can. <laughs> uh, my name is Victoria. Uh, I am married to my husband Jamie for 13 years now. We have two kids. Um, and we have a little farm with goats and chickens. Um, not entirely sure what I do because I do a lot of different things. <laughs> um, I'm a dietitian by profession, so I teach some classes around. And um, yeah, 
Awesome. Thank you so much. Um, the type twos are described in the literature as being helpers. They want to be helpful, needed, wanted, and or loved. And as a way to do this, uh, the twos tend to read the emotions of those around them and also the needs of those around them, often anticipating them uh, even before they are vocalized or expressed. This often means that twos can become unaware of their own emotions or their own needs. Um, So that's just a a brief description of the type twos. What would you say about that? Is that true of you? Is there a different way you would um, express that? Well, I think the best feeling for a two is that we're making a difference helping people. That's the best feeling. And, you know, yes, we're warm, welcoming types, but yet we struggle with conflict. And so that's where uh, where I can land. Mm-hmm. And I can probably remember details of your story better than you can if I have an emotional connection with it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'd like we'll definitely hear more about that because I'd love to hear more about how how that works in terms of how the emotions and the connection to people through the emotions is the way type twos tend to process the world. So thank you. Yeah. That really resonates with me. Um, I feel happiest when people are sharing with me and opening up. And I feel honored when someone tells me something that's like deep or even a little heavy and then allowing them to get it off their chest, but also that they trust me with their information and with their heart. Um, I, that, that means the world to me. And I've even had some friends that have said, I feel like I'm just dumping on you. I'm just telling you all this stuff. And I'm like, no, this is, is it helping you? Because it's making, I'm, I'm happy to be able to be this for you. So mm. that really resonates mm. with me. Awesome. Yeah. I very much agree with that. And have had some experiences recently where I have had really long and deep conversations with friends. Um, and to your point of reading um, where twos can kind of not realize their own needs or just put their own needs aside. Like I so get filled and enjoy being with people in that space of where they need to share or need to me to be with them um, to the point where I'll be like, I don't know what was on my calendar today, but everything's off. Like Mm -hmm. that could be my family. (laughs) That could be responsibilities, (laughs) but I'm here for you. So like I can see also how that, um, you know, can be maybe not to the detriment of your own needs, but we can very quickly put aside everything that we need to do or that we need personally to be there for somebody else. Mm. And that idea of, um, like, reading people's emotions is a big thing. I'm always, like, looking, like, are you okay? Is that... And I'm always asking people, like, I don't need to know the report about your job or, like, are you okay as a human? Like, that's actually a question I ask a lot um, of people. Do you ever notice it in like a third person, like somebody, my husband will be telling me a story about something that happened at work and I'm like, oh my goodness, I don't know if you realize, but this other person was probably feeling this way. And he's like, well, no, I, I was in the room. Like, I, I was like, no, I, I think I'm feeling better how they were feeling. I don't know if you caught up on like what they were projecting to you, but. That's great. Yeah. So, I mean, this is really interesting how you're talking about the way you're, um, you're reading things and what you're looking for, like where your attention goes. And if someone says to you, is reporting just data, information, you know, the facts, it doesn't click for you because you're looking for, you can hear all that, that that's stuff that you're interested as well in, but you're also looking for that deeper connection, that what's going on. I'm also looking for when they're telling me the data, 
how do they feel about it? Right. Okay, yeah. Like, oh, at work, I'm doing this, and oh, I'm doing that. And I'm like, how are you managing that? Like, how are you feeling about that? Versus if they're energetic about it. And I'm like, oh, this is great. This seems like it's making you happy. I'm, like, keyed into how they perceive these, like, lists of tasks or whatever they're doing. Right. And paying attention to the tone and the facial expressions and the body language. You're seeing all that at the same time. Mm. And seeing if it, there's a congruency there. And so, I mean, this was one of the first questions I wanted to ask you guys is what do you bring to your relationships? I mean, you've already started down that path, which is not surprising given that we're talking about twos here. <laughs> um, that's something that even if I were to ask you out of the blue, hey, what do you think you bring to relationships? I wonder how you would, how would you respond to that? Something that you, you're aware of? you're unaware of or it's something that you have learned over time that this is what you bring to relationships uh maybe talk about that as well but uh, i'd love to hear what you think you bring to people around you that you care about and that care about you i think i can be very quick to be available for people um like i love getting together with people i love social situations and um i've noticed sometimes with other people whether i know their type or not sometimes it can be difficult to find time in your schedule. Whereas if somebody is coming to me and saying like, hey, can we get together for coffee? Or, you know, can we meet up for something? I, I will move heaven and earth to like make time for them. Um, so yeah, just being available, being a good listener. One thing I bring is I affirm people a lot mm -hmm. when they're going through really challenging things. I try, I do this balance between like witnessing it and saying, like, that is hard. Or I don't want to minimize it and just say, oh, you'll get over it. It's fine because everything's not fine. But listening, acknowledging it's hard, and then expressing that I believe in them. And, you know, I, off I offer any support that I can, whether it's if you want to talk, my phone is on, or, you know, I have friends that are, like, writing things. And I'm like, if you send it to me, I'll read it. I'll give you comments. I'll we can talk about it. Whatever you need. Like, what's going to help you be able to move past this difficulty that you're in. And so some friends never take me up on that, but they know they could, and I really will do it. And I will ignore other things. I will ignore other things to read my friend's paper because it's going to help them, not just with the paper, but like to have someone believing in them. Mm. Right. And I think you're talking about the potential. I love encouraging the potential in people and encourage, almost being their cheerleader along the way to see the, them excel. We're very generous of our time, very generous, especially if we see that it makes a difference, is that it matters to us. And they become, we become very present to this person. And again, forgetting all else uh, happening in there right now. Yeah, I mean, this is, what the, this is so beautiful. One of the incredible gifts that twos do bring to relationships is that you guys do care and you're available. Uh, so let's talk about what do you need, and this is the harder question, <laughs> What do you need from your relationships? It got really quiet. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's hard. I find it hard to, like, talk about that. <laughs> like, to say it. I don't know why. Why is that hard? Why is you that hard? You can do it. <laughs> She's doing the two thing. <laughs> we hear you. We hear you. We see you. <laughs> I've realized through self-examination, I need people to, like, recognize that what I'm, how I help them is valuable. 
So even if they don't have capacity to get to reciprocate exactly, if they can recognize and tell me, I see what you're doing. You're doing this and this, and that's helping me so much. Mm -hmm. I need to hear that. That If I don't hear that, then I'm like trying to figure out is this helping? Mm. Do they like, do they appreciate me? Or, and I also need, I don't need it to be direct reciprocate reciprocation, but if I am making myself available, I will stick with it for a long time. But if people are kind of like not responsive, even if they're really enthusiastic, I have some people, friends that are like really enthusiastic when I'm around them, but then they don't make any effort to like stay connected. That hurts me. Mm. So I have to, I have to like be careful of that. And um, that's actually an awareness that has come with being aware of my two-ness <laughs> mm. to be like, this is how I can be healthier because otherwise I would just pour into people who are not invested in me and then it hurts, it feels like. Because then rejection. it feels like you feel used well, for what you even, do. Even like, I just feel like yeah. they don't see that I'm right. like, am I helping them or not? Mm. Like, am I helping them? I can't tell. They're not, they're not telling me. <laughs> So I'd love to hear a little bit more about that too, because it, there's a a measure at which there is a desire for reciprocity. Like, how am I doing? You know, how do you see what I'm doing is either helpful or not helpful? And you've had to learn how to articulate that. Like, here are my needs as well. That's much more of a challenge. What would you say about that, Nancy, in terms of like having to vocalize even your needs? Because you've grown quite a bit in that space. Yeah, well, I think for me is see me enter into my world and um, and ask me questions. Even though I might turn it around and and um, pretty soon I'll be listening to you again, you know, because <laughs> you'll turn it back on. I'll us, turn right? it back on you because it's very. It's just <laughs> yeah. part of our nature to yeah. do that. Uh, but it's uh, really really hard to be able to be able to say to be able to have have those needs and to be able to um, be self-aware of them and to know even with time constraints you know we said we'll give up uh, give all the time in the world to this person but finding out that it it's to the detriment of us hmm. uh, detriment of me and so I need to pay attention to that you know I thought of you thinking you know when I saw you yesterday coming up here oh I should have made them a, a you know, the almond cake you like. And I go... You should have. I should have. <laughs> but but I had to evaluate, do I have the time? And I didn't at that moment. And I go, well, there'll be another time, but he'll just have to embrace me without me bringing anything tangible mm. that will make you happy. Yeah, that's huge, Nancy. That's yeah. huge. And I've seen you grow in that way. So this is what's really uh, wonderful is that you become as a two... The gift is not just what you do, but your presence mm-hmm. in relationship with with other people, and the world around you also being a, becoming more aware of how can we make sure that you understand that that you know that you're seen and loved, and right. that your presence is 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 all that is is needed in in this moment. And you were, and you were very present yesterday, and it was mm-hmm. a very enjoyable engagement. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, that's remarkable. Right, and those connections fill us up. Yeah, those connections you walk away and go, "Oh, that was great." You know, um, I'm good for a while. I'm going to press this just a little bit further. What are other things that you feel like you need? So you've mentioned things like being seen, a little bit of reciprocity in the sense of give me feedback on how I'm doing. What else? It's funny. I was thinking about this question, and it is really hard to answer because I don't like talking about my needs. 
Um, cause it feels like an imposition on other people, even though I would mm. never, if somebody else was expressing those needs to me, never feel like they were an imposition on me. But for some reason, expressing them to other people feels like, oh, I don't want to put that burden on you. <laughs> like I, more of a desire, like I really desire quality time and depth in relationships. Mm. Um, like surfacey things feel very draining to me. Hmm. I don't want to say like a waste of time, but like, like if I'm here with you, like I want to be, I like want to dive deep. And so it's been interesting to find out that like not everyone wants to dive deep all the time. Like an actual tangible need, I feel like in relationships at least that I'm close with, I need not just the freedom to say no, but like the feedback that it's okay to say no to things. You know, as I'm pouring myself into other people, I don't necessarily need feedback directly from them that like this is helping me, but I have found those relationships that are like steady and stable in my life that I get that feedback from them. Like my husband, for example, like if I'm, you know, in a point in my life where I'm giving, giving, giving all around, like I can come home and like my husband is like a rock of, you know, reassuring me and reaffirming me that, you know, the things that I'm doing are good and worth my time. So it's been helpful to have that like one person that I can come back to and kind of ground me Mm -hmm. so that I'm not looking for Mm -hmm. it from everyone else. Mm. Mm. That's huge. Well, another thing is we all tend to, you know, want to critique or receive, you know, we don't want to receive criticism, but I think for it too, you need the gentleness helps. If you're using this um, strong voice or this, you know, uh, really intense, I hear nothing else. You know, I hear nothing else. And so I can't be open at that moment because I'm looking at, am I going to shut down? Am I going to run away? How am I going to change this warm? Uh, actually, the warm uh, feeling I have just goes down to neutral because um, I'm still processing your tone of voice. I'm processing the intensity and it really affects me. And so that criticism, you know, I'm growing in that criticism but just um, it mm. affects me. Yeah, I think I need to know that there is something about someone, people, like friends and, and loved ones explicitly stating the things that are okay or mm. that, like, you are wonderful just how you are. I love you how you are. And, mm. and that if you can't do this, like, you know, the thing about um, if somebody needs me, I will shift. But sometimes people say, but if you can't do it, it is okay. I want to give you permission. You don't have to do this. I know that you have this and this and this. That actually helps me. Otherwise, I feel this sense of like, but if I don't do it, like, who's going to do it? Are they, are they going to be okay? Like, they don't mm. have anybody else to do this. But if they say, I'm just telling you this because I want you to know, but like, I don't want you to feel like you have to do something. That actually helps me to keep mm. things in check a little bit more. Although I probably would still try. Mm. <laughs> but I think with that too is the I get the other part of it, people saying, well, you're too busy. And I hate that because I want, you know, I'm with heaven and earth to be available if that person needs me. And I don't want to be seen as too busy not to have time. I have loved ones who say that. They're like, you're busy, so I don't call you. And I'm like, always call me. If I can't answer, then I won't answer, but I will follow up. But please don't, like, self-censor. Because seeing that, see that, you know, seeing that outreach, like it's little things like, you know, the people that call me on my birthday or text me on my birthday instead Mm. of a Facebook message, 
I that is meaningful to me for some reason. Mm-hmm. Like that you felt like when I looked at look at the list of who does, I'm like, those are those are kind of the but that's silly kind of because people are interacting in all kinds of ways. But I read maybe I read things into <laughs> into uh into it when they aren't even there. But that's meaningful. It's like more personal. Well, and I wonder it's because your attention is always going out. You type twos are always going out to the world around you and you really deeply care about people. And your attention is always on these folks. So they, we in the Enneagram speak, they, they call that other referencing. So your attention goes out towards other people. Whereas other types, your attention doesn't. So that's helpful for folks to understand that for you, the little things of you remembered my birthday, you reached out to me. I'm not always having to reach out to you. You actually did something for me is is huge. Um, and for others, you know, it would never cross their minds because and it has it that doesn't mean that it that they don't like you. It just means that their attention is not other referencing. Their attention is more self-referencing. And so it's really, really good to hear you guys say what what's happening and how important those things are to you. I, I've also had some some friends who I'm like, I really love this friend, but they mm. do not have capacity to do those little things like call me or text me now and then or and they know, you know, even had one friend who like kind of apologized, like, I'm sorry, I haven't been there. But I was like, but then they still weren't there. So I was like, whoa, I love you. You feel like family. But what do I do with that? You're not making any effort into our friendship. I know you really do love me, but that's hard because I would I would take your call anytime. I would want I will come visit you. I will do these things. And I have done those things. But then it's weird to have somebody like in your right in front of you. It feels like the enthusiasm is there. But then it's like when you're not there, they just forget. Mm-hmm. That's what mm. it feels like, mm-hmm. even if that's not true. And I, I, that's hard for me to sustain that. I have gotten to a place where I withdraw from that mm-hmm. because it hurts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I can identify with that, feeling like you're forgotten. And I think we, we spend a lot of time celebrating people, you know, celebrating milestones, celebrating dates, or remembering a loss that they had and connecting with them on that anniversary date. I find for me, the celeb- you know, just saying happy birthday is almost like celebrating me at that moment. And so I love birthdays and I tend to make, um, I think how I've grown is I tend to do some things that I really want to do on my birthday because it's celebrating me and, you know, that um, I'm a person. Mm. Yeah, I was just, you know, kind of listening to your, you know, how different people will want to be there for you. And I'm finding this kind of like weird season in my life where I'm kind of overloaded and feel like like I have the desire to do have make all those connection points and I'm finding like a lack of capacity to do that. I feel tremendously drained by my not being able to do them even though I'm I'm not actually mm. doing them. I'm like have a little bit of insomnia and like I feel like oh my goodness this person is not they must think I'm not caring I'm worried about all these relationships that I'm not like maintaining well mm-hmm. as much mm-hmm. as I would like to. Mm-hmm. And even though I'm not putting the time into maintaining them, like the mental stress <laughs> is there because I feel such a burden to, you know, make all those phone calls and the emails and the sending the cards, but I'm like not at a place in my life right now where I have the bandwidth <laughs> to do mm-hmm. it all. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So yeah, just just kind of mulling over kind of mm-hmm. the flip side of that, like being on the other side and wanting to make all those connections and not being able to do it is also yeah exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And try not to beat yourself up with mm-hmm. it. And you'd almost want the the you know maybe the the world around you to say we understand. Mm-hmm. And that does not mean any loss of connection for us, you know, and that you're loved as you are and it's fine. You know, it's the stage of life you're at at this at this moment. It won't take it away because you twos are designed really to to offer the world uh, help and to serve them. Um, but sometimes it comes with that excess of like, I'm not doing enough. I need to do more. Um, I need to maintain this relationship. It's my, it's on my, it's my duty it's my responsibility to maintain these relationships. Otherwise, what will happen, you know? Um, and what, something you guys each said just really popped out at me this time. Ex- explain it. Because it seems like uh, these connections make me have a lot more energy. My energy goes up. And then this stress of ha- needing to make the connections, not being able to, or whatever the case may be in there, it's like my energy then goes down. Mm-hmm. It's like you. It's like your entire energetic life rides the wave of relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, being in a space where I am with people connected, talking about their real lives and their hearts, even struggles, gives me energy. I feel stronger and happier. And like I was able to listen and that took a burden off of someone. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel it as a burden. I just feel like trusted and it makes me feel happy. It makes me feel honored. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I feel honored. Mm-hmm. Like you trusted me to, you came to me when you had this issue. Like definitely. Um, where mm. when I feel it is tangential, I'm just kind of like, oh, hey, how's your work? Or, yeah. you know, oh, yeah, the kids are fine, this and that. <laughs> Do you ever feel like small talk exhausts you? Yeah, it I does. don't. I don't. I, I was at a thing recently where we were supposed to be meeting some new um new people and some of my colleagues were going around table to table like they were going for broad exposure and I just sat one table and I just want to talk to like one group of people and I want to know about you where are you from what's happening I'm finding out about everybody at the table and that made me feel happy Mm -hmm. and maybe that made those people feel heard or Mm -hmm. (laughs) I hope (laughs) that person for. just came and well I wasn't even going for that I just have no desire to be like oh I'm so sorry um, I have to go and then they just see me walk over to right. some other table mm-hmm. I don't like that I don't know, that feels weird yeah. yeah I like to go deep that gives me the best energy and I could go for quite a while with on that energy it's a high to be honest with you where just this surface talking or just um, going to a party and and just doing the um, little chit chat chatting is is wearisome. It's tiring, and it feels like that person's. I can't see that person. That person, you know, is void in front of me unless we go down deeper. You know, because I see things in them, and but I can't connect with them. And so that connection really for, for me or for us, it comes with a sharing, you know, hearing deep, deep thoughts and, and um, how they're really doing. And it makes what's me going wonder, on in their life. It makes me wonder if the person's being guarded on purpose, like do they mm. not want to? I don't get like people not tell, telling people things. <laughs> <laughs> don't you want to bury like your entire soul for everyone? <laughs> That's right. I'll tell someone my deepest things yeah. within one minute. Yeah. I've had instances where I told people really heavy things within one minute. And I guess depending on their type, they're just like, oh. Was that too much? <laughs> I can't <Yeah>. handle this. 
Yeah, don't you if we get asked everything? how we are, yeah, we want to go down, you mm-hmm. know, and they're just wanting to use it as a salutation. Well, that's a very interesting. I mean, this is so fascinating because you're giving us a window <laughs> into how you guys really operate and think and what you're looking for. Um, I keep learning every time I do this. I keep learning more. Um, so there are types that would say I like to go deep. They are not in your center of intelligence, meaning the heart center. There are head centers that would say we love to go deep. We can't stand superficial talk. And there are body centers that say, say the same thing. Well, I don't like small talk. I like to. We like to get deep, right? If I had the th- three of you guys together, like the three these three different groups together. My guess would be none of you would be satisfied because the depth means something very different for a body type and a head type than it does for a heart type. So what does deep mean for you? Vulnerability. Mm -hmm. And having someone be vulnerable, vulnerable with me feels... I think you used the word a couple of times, like an honor. Like it feels incredibly, um, I don't want to say like reassuring of myself, but it feels like I'm trustworthy. Like you trusted me with that. Like, thank you for letting me be here for you. And real, like not mm. the projection, you know, the outward projection of power, success, you know, oh, things are going great, but like, and not that I want there to be something that's not good, but I don't want to have – I've had I've had interactions with people where they were asking me all these questions and I'm talking or whatever. And then they're like – I'm like, but what about you? And then they drop a bombshell. And I'm like, that is the lead story. Like why are we talking about all these other random things that we could have talked about that later? They buried the lead, They buried right? the lead. I'm like, that's the news of the day. <laughs> um, I want the news of the day. I want to know like when you're sitting there with yourself – what is on your mind? Like, what are you worried about? And it could be small things or big things, but I want to know what's really on your mind, not the surface level, not the report of, you know, work is like this and family is like this, just one-liners, like what's really going on? Or I want to know, last time I talked to you, you were talking about this. Like, how has that been going? What have you been doing? I want to know the the real story. And and if people are not willing to be vulnerable, I, I try to be sensitive, like everybody doesn't want to. But it works best for me if people are vulnerable because then we just can – I feel like there's a constraint. There's a weird constraint when people are being – they're holding their cards back. And I can tell that they're doing it usually. Yes. Well, and that's what feels superficial to you is that you are seeing something and whether they see it or not, you're seeing it. And so that can – you said that earlier. It can feel like – they're holding back. Why wouldn't? Why aren't they talking about this thing that I'm picking up on? Or and why won't you tell me? Like, is it that you don't trust me? Like, what did I do something? Mm. Mad? Like, I don't know. Ah, uh, okay. Or yeah. you just okay? You don't want to have that with me? Okay, I have to just accept that. But then why not? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I what think I connecting do? on that emotional level, the empathy that we have, that um, it's a it's a gift when people share from their heart. And share. Uh, it's not. We don't want want to hear you um, because of just curiosity. We want to make that meaningful connection to where you're really at, and and see that realness, and the real stories that come in. So we're picking up on a lot of things here. This is really 
we've gone deep. Speaking of deep, right? That's what um, we like. Yeah, I mean, so you're you're talking deep in um, several different ways. I think one is the emotional depth. Like, can we? Can I hear about how you're being impacted by your own story and by what's happening in your life? Um, and can we also have this depth of connection between us that you trust me? That you're going to share your story with me. So that feels that feels deep to you guys when you're connecting at that space and you feel honored by that. Like they care. They trust me. Uh, they want to share this with me. So I'm hearing that in, in depth. Anything else that you would add to what is deep? Is that? Well, I also want to layer on. I don't go around saying I want some deep. I want somebody to tell me their, you know, their no, you tragic don't. story or something like that. It's just when that happens, it's rewarding. Mm. Like, I don't want it to be like, I'm seeking out people who need, you know, who have hard things and tell me them. (laughs) It's just the combination of the person trusting me. And then I have, like, many friends that when they do tell me, they're like, like, one friend I was talking to recently told me something. And I was like, you hadn't told anybody that before, had you? And they said no. And And I was like, does it help to just say it out loud? And they said it did. And they know they can say those things out loud to me in confidence, and it helps them. And I'm happy to help them. It's like the joy of my life to be able to help them. And as an extra reward, it's like, and they trusted me or they told me first. It's just, it sounds selfish saying it. I feel like my skin is like, it feels like selfish to say, oh, and they told me and they came to me because then I'm saying me so much. It feels weird. But in honesty, I think it does feel like that. Hmm. And that's okay. There's this is this is definitely not one of these spaces where we're going to talk about low side, high side of the two. Um, this is wonderful that you're opening up in this way, and it's a tough question for type twos to to respond to. And you guys have responded to it. I mean, vulnerably, honestly, all the things you're you're seeking out in relationships, you've done that, and and that's remarkable. Um, so I'd like to. Um, bounce to this next question, which is another toughie, and that has to do with what do others find confusing about you? (laughs) I'm sure nothing, but I just figured I'd ask. Well, I have some friends who have explicitly told me they are confused that them telling me their hard and tough things and talking about themselves on end is energetic for me or like that I am welcome that, they're confused by that. That, I don't know. What, what, what do you make of it? I mean, it confused in what way? Like, why would someone want a person to tell them all their hard things and not listen to the, the you know, not reciprocate right then? Or, like, just, they just were confused. Like, I feel like I'm just dumping on you and telling you all this stuff. And, like, I appreciate you. It's helping me so much. But, like, why... Confused that you actually that are okay say, with it. Oh, that no, you okay yeah, like, like, right. yeah. Do you want to talk again later this week? Like, call me anytime. Let's talk again soon. I want to know what's going on. That's conf- confusing mm. for some people. People have said that. I think times when there's conflict can be confusing because I hate conflict <laughs> so much. <laughs> so if there is something that I need to address with someone – or someone needs to address with me, I find myself clarifying and re-clarifying and couching everything I say in a way that won't offend or in a way that um, will make the other person feel heard and maybe not necessarily what I need to say. So when there's conflict, it's hard for me to get out what I need to say in a clear manner. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Because I think we want to be understood. Right. 
will try to be diplomatic as well. And so you miss the point of what we're trying to say. Mm -hmm. But the other part of it is we feel things intensely inside. We may have this calm exterior, but we feel very intense inside. And if I, I remember some situations where I'm trying to push back against, you know, an opinion and try to state my opinion. And if I don't feel understood at that moment, because I want you to make that emotional connection, then I get frustrated. I'm exhausted because I'm trying to push ahead and trying to state my opinion and to uh, disagree with somebody without trying to hurt their feelings. But I'm at the same time um, getting very flustered. And so the intensity in me comes out and then you don't want the tears to come. You know, you try to... (laughs) You get so mad if the tear comes into your eye at that point because you're going, because uh, it feels self-defeating. And so that's where I find is the emotional, is, you know, uh, the intensity I feel. You may not feel that from me. You just feel like, what is she really saying? What is she going, you know, what is she trying to mm. Yeah. I was just going to say, do, do you guys both relate to that? Because that was pretty specific. Is it, would you nuance that in a different way for you? I resonate with a lot of that. I was thinking about what do I think about conflict? And when you say I avoid conflict, because both of you have said that, I was like, do I avoid conflict? But then I realized I do, but I don't, I didn't, I don't have like a, like I'm avoiding conflict. I'm avoiding conflict. I just do all these things to mitigate it so it doesn't come to a, um, like a abrasive moment, even practicing what I will say in advance. Oh or avoiding so people. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so you echo with that, Victoria. Oh, yeah. So much. Yeah. I oh, always written have things down. Yes. Like if it's a really tough, and then mm-hmm. think of. I remember I was. I had to meet with someone who was kind of like a boss, and I was like, I didn't want to work with them anymore. And I actually wrote down there were there were heart reasons why I didn't mm-hmm. why I could not work with them anymore. But I came up with head reasons, maybe like like pragmatic reasons, and I had to write them down and rehearse what I would say for that conversation. Yeah. Conversation because, rehearsing a lot. Because yeah. yes. I did not Make want sure to have an emotional interaction with that person because mm. they were not trustworthy in mm. that way. Mm-hmm. But I guess I do avoid conflict. I want harmony. I, I want, want harmony. everybody to feel good and strong. I don't want people to feel hurt. Yeah. And I don't want to feel like that. But I don't want to see people hurting each other. And mm. um, and I want to feel like I want to know we're okay Like with people I have a relationship with. Like, I don't want to feel like, I'm like, I, I, I would ask people, are you mad at me? Like, if I, if I read the signals and then they're being evasive, are you mad at me? Are you okay? Are we okay? Did I do something? And mm. I want to be able to fix it. That mm. is really hard. Like, I've had a couple situations where I've not known if the other person was okay. And for whatever reason, we hadn't seen each other, or, like, hadn't been able to connect. Like, I won't be able to sleep for, like, mm. until it's, I make sure that they're okay. And sometimes they're like, what are you talking about? Like, we're fine. <laughs> like, okay, because I haven't been sleeping for four days. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm glad I we're agree. fine. I we do relate that. to that. That if somebody's mad at me, I'm like, I can't take it. What What did I do? How do I fix this? I want to fix it. Because it's on you again to fix it. You feel right. it's your responsibility. Because we don't know what we did. It sounds like you're taking a whole lot of, right, you don't know what you did, but it, t- it sounds like you're taking a whole lot more responsibility or at least it – it appears that way to me. I don't know if that's if if you've discerned that in your relationships where you're taking a whole lot more on you. Are we okay? Is everything fine? Did I do something? 
and then you discover, <laughs> you know, oh, we're fine. You know, it's 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 not been a problem for me. Do you, have you discerned that too, or is that just sort of my perspective on it? Yeah, I'm just really worried that we're not okay, and usually we are, but sometimes we aren't. And I'm like, I need to know that. Like, I, you know, like how can you not tell me? This is the most important thing, and there are things I can do. That's what I always wanted. I always want. I'm like, but I could do something. I could make this be better. Um, I could make effort. I just knowing the information can help. But we will go the extra mile. Oh yeah, I don't mind. I don't mind taking on more of the lift to get things going. Right. Yeah. But connection with relationship matters to us. Matters to me, and so we go the extra mile to check it out. Uh, but we can, you know. Perception-wise, you know, we feel that we, we, we analyze. So we'll analyze a conversation that maybe that's the conversation that, that was, uh, difficult in that it feels like that separation. And so we want to be connected again. And so if that person, uh, appears to be distant from us, it's almost our mission to want to be connected again and, and to, um, and, We'll rehearse. Uh, well, I'll, I'll not sleep. I'll, I'll just remunerate in my mind what happened. You know, kind of go over the details, uh, just to figure it out. Because you want to figure it out so you can fix it. I have to admit, though, I through some of doing this work, thinking about the enneagram, thinking about my health and what's going to make me be stronger, which is hard to even say that. Why is that hard to just say? I was thinking about myself and like what I need to do for myself. I'm like, (laughs) okay. (laughs) But I did have some relationships that I, for a year, you know, I did invest in, but then at some point I said, I shouldn't invest in this. But I still think about it all the time. I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh, I wish, I don't think, I I don't think it's healthy for me to keep interacting with this person because it's not going to, it's, it's making me feel Bad and the one one connection I'm thinking about in particular is where that was like this energy when we're in person, but then not making any effort at all, um, and then even like some some unwillingness to hear my truth. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, if you aren't willing to hear my truth and you don't believe my truth when I share it with you, and you're not curious about that and going deep, then I think I have to like let. I think I have to step back. But I didn't have a moment where I said, I'm stepping back from, I just, like, just I'll just let out. nature take its yeah. course. And I love, I love the, the, the people involved. But like I said, I'm just going to let nature take its course. That was actually really hard. And without awareness of mm. my, like, being a two and kind of thinking through what's healthy, I don't think I would have done that. I think I probably would have just kept trying and then kind of feeling hurt. <laughs> mm. Possibly. Yeah. Yeah, that's excellent. Um, what else is confusing um, in your relationships, um, in your communication with people? Everybody doesn't. Everybody doesn't tell the truth. <laughs> I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's confusing. Sometimes people are deceptive on purpose, or they're hiding, and they don't want to be seen for their truth, they're projecting, there's all these other things. I think that leads to a lot of confusion. When I'm trying, I put a lot of value into what people say. Like if you say 
if you say this, these things and do these things, I, I remember them. Where at the same time, I'm also forgiving and I'm willing to release them. But there's certain things people do and say that are hard for, harder for me to let go of. And it's when there's a mismatch, when people are deceptive or um, that's, I can't really, I'm not deceptive. I'm terrible at, <laughs> I'm terrible at lying. I don't even try. <laughs> um, well, maybe if I can suggest a couple things that are about the type that um, you guys can respond to. And feel free to say this isn't – no, this doesn't describe me because this is the – one of the wonderful things about the Enneagram is that it doesn't put us in a box. It's it's open to our own expression of the type. So each one of you are very different type twos. In terms of helping and serving the world around you, uh, how does that sometimes become confusing to those you love and to those who are in a relationship with you? I feel like when – my husband has come along with me quite a bit as I'm like on a mission to help everyone that needs any sort of help. <laughs> and he is tremendously helpful. Um, looking at other people who aren't helping, I have to check myself a little bit because sometimes I see that as like they're not expressing love towards people. How come everyone isn't helping with the same sort of exuberance that I'm helping? And I can sometimes translate that as they don't care when maybe – some other people are just in a healthier place of not, in, not needing to feel like they need to help every single person out there. Like they know that that's not their place to help in a certain situation where I'm like, I need all the volunteers. I need like, you know, I'm, I'm a volunteer coordinator as well. So it's when I don't see everyone dropping everything in their life to run and help, I can sometimes take that, not personally, but be like, why aren't you helping this person over here? Why aren't you helping in this situation? And I can, I don't know have some sort of prejudice against them and their motives. So I have to mm. check myself. <laughs> mm. As a clarifying question, do you mean that we experience confusion or that other people are confused by what we do? <laughs> That's a, This is what I was about to uh, pick up on is um, there's the two sides, which is wonderful because it surprised me. I didn't expect that. And I think that's fantastic. You're expressing confusion as to how you're confused about the world around you. So that's very interesting too. I think that's awesome. But then there's also the other part, which is how do you come across as confusing? Maybe is a better way of saying it. How do you come across as confusing to the world around you? Or as they might perceive your help one way and you're thinking of it in a different way. So think about that in terms of help and your desire to connect with people, the the responsibility you feel you carry in, in helping people. So any of that and all of that is is uh, all welcomed. One point of one small point of confusion is the putting out so much energy. There are a lot of people that just do not. They they have told me they I guess this is confusion. Like I, you know, I worked in a job for a lot of years where I was, like, listening to people all the time and, like, a lot of troubles and things like that. And that was energizing, as we talked about before. But then they'd say, I could never do that job. That I would just be exhausted. I, I don't get how you can <laughs> just keep listening and talking and having and hosting and doing all this. That is, like, I can do that. I wouldn't be able to. That's one thing that I've heard others express. Sure. I think for me is sometimes I can uh, come across as, as having it all together and um, and that I don't need anything. You don't have any needs. I don't have any needs because I can just – we are good at what we do in many, in many different things. And so we can, we can do things well and we can go across that way. And you genuinely don't have a ton of needs. 
right. that you're aware of. But they're they're aware, of, but there is <laughs> there is something else in that, you know. So we come across as as not needing anything, and you know, come across as well. You're doing okay, but then there are other times I can be with somebody or in a group, and and I need that connection, but unable to do it at that moment. And I think the other person's feeling something from me. That I want, you know, it's almost like, let me pull it out of you, pull it out of the other person. I think that's, uh, that's confusing mm. for people because I'm not saying anything, but somehow uh, internally it's coming out in yeah. a way that Very I need that connection. Okay. Wow. I've also had instances where I just kept pouring into a relationship and people around me, friends were like, I don't know why you are still trying like why are you still going with this mm. obviously this ne- this is not healthy you should move and i'm just like no but this is redeemable like it's not too late like i care about this so much um eternal optimism. i don't know yeah eternal optimism or just like i know that this can turn around and i believe in the person and i believe in myself and sometimes it takes the has taken the form of like helping someone and helping them where it looks like i'm being used and maybe i am being used um that could manifest in a ton of different ways and people are like you're being used like you should not this person is taking advantage of you you should not allow this and i'm like i don't see it like that like i'm i'm helping them you know i'm doing this thing um, it's worth trying, you know, there's, if I got more specific, there's like lots of variations on that, but I don't know. Mm. Excellent. All right. How do your loved ones get to know you? <laughs> I feel like it's pretty easy to get to know us. <laughs> as long as there is there isn't a, an open door for being vulnerable and deep, like we'll go through it. <laughs> um, so yeah, just making the room for spending quality time with us, with me. Sorry, I don't want to speak for everyone. <laughs> um, so you will open up, is what you're saying, in a relationship. If someone wants to know you, someone wants to take time to understand you, you will you will open up and, and talk. Yeah. Well, we have to trust that person. Mm-hmm. And can they handle what we want to say? Can we hand? Can they handle um, the needs that we have, or the vulnerability, or going deep with what we have? Um, from for myself, I think because um, my husband and I were talking about this, is that I love the dialogue to have a dialogue, um, and what I need from him is respond to me. You know, if we're having this dialogue, if I'm sharing with you, acknowledge it. Acknowledge it with a nod, acknowledge it with I hear you, or acknowledge it with a question. You don't have to be me, but say something. And he's very different where he takes in information and processes it. And I might not hear the response for 10 minutes or the next day or whatever. And so we work hard at that. And sometimes I get frustrated and go, you need to say something, you know, respond to me just so that I know that I'm not crazy or that I'm not, you know, that you're understanding where I'm coming from. Mm. Thank you. Yeah. I think I build connection with loved ones through like really feeling like they're hearing me because mm-hmm. I am. I'm like, you say, how do how do loved ones get to, you know, get to know you? I'm like, 
you know, does that include like the lady on the park bench who looks right. friendly? <laughs> <laughs> she can get to know me. Do loved ones include everyone? <laughs> um, but that willingness that that's not scary and that they like lean into it. I think that helps build like not only leaning into it, but like people, the people I'm closest to, they remember the details about who I am and what's happened to me. And they can like recount that. That's something that I do for other people as well. Um, And so when people do it for me, it feels like, like luxurious actually. Hmm. Like, wow, you remembered that that was happening to me or that that was, you remembered what, you know, about me. That's how it feels. So, like, in building connection and trust, I'm going to do that for other people. I can't help myself. But for people to do that to me, I think, um, feels, sh- like, great. And that's not something – so just for – so we're not scaring people out in the, in the audience <laughs> who are listening to this. It's like you you are not asking for that to be as much as how much you give out to those in your relationship No, your but, if, but if someone was shut down from that and they just are like – turned off by that and they didn't lean in at all they just kind of I, I don't think it would end up developing as much mm. yeah yeah as, as you said that I have thought about my husband and my one of my closest friends some of the ways that they express love is like gift giving and they have gotten me things over the years that have been like so specific to my personality or like I have mentioned something like off the cuff not expecting anyone to get it for me or, but they have remembered in like months down the road like I received that and it's like it's almost like blows me over the, like oh my goodness like you you noted that that was important to me and like you took the time to like you know make sure that I received that and that like speaks volumes and it's not necessarily mm-hmm. like a gift I mean that could be like a spoken word that somebody you know has to me says to me but um yeah just that that noting of something that is personal to you and somebody speaking that back to you whether it's in a gift or yeah i keep notes you know somebody gives me a note i keep it uh, because those are very meaningful for me and sometimes when you say it to me uh, face to face some of it enters in and some of it kind of uh, doesn't all doesn't all come inside you know, because I'm trying to process what you're saying. But if I see it in a note, uh, that's like gas get me going for a long time. And it doesn't have to be much. The point is, it doesn't have to be much that, that, that you give to us. Mm-hmm. You know, it, whether it's it, communication, whether it's talking, listening, uh, whether it is asking, remembering a date, you know, um, remembering something about us really matters. And I think that, that energizes me. Mm-hmm. And the, the expression of effort, yes. like gifts, as you were saying that, I was like, that's absolutely right. When people remember the really specific things, I did say that. But also, like, s- some of the best gifts that I've ever gotten were, like, not expensive. Like, one of my friends for a birthday went, and it's, like, making me feel emotional just saying it. Like, she went to um, a bunch of my friends from across different aspects of my life and had them write what they love about me mm. and she just printed it and put it in a jar mm. and gave it to me wow <laughs> yeah that's i awesome. still have it and it yeah. like makes me cry when i open it i'm like all these people like wrote this about me and my friend took the effort and time to like collect that and that's free mm. like that uh, i'm like oh such a sap but <laughs> that's awesome thank that's you the so greatest. much yeah. that yeah. 
people who know me, they know I don't need money and gift cards and like fancy things. But if you write me a really good note, yes, I'm like crying. Yeah, I haven't even opened the present yet. I'm just like, oh, you said this about me. Oh my god. Yeah, I have like boxes, forever. And boxes. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> and I'm like, I keep going through them. I'm going, oh, I should like thin these out. I have so many. I can't throw no. them away. <laughs> <laughs> Get rid of like an extra piece of furniture or something. No, keep the I notes. Just, I now take yeah. a picture of it and put it on my computer. So oh, yeah. in case yes. anything happens, in case anything happens, that's right. You have the notes, <laughs> but those but, notes really matter because they're, someone's sharing something. To no. us, saying something affirmative, saying something that that speaks value to us. Yeah, yeah. But I can tell if it's not genuine. Oh as yeah, well. <laughs> flattery. Don't flatter me. Yeah, to, to, yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, how else do people get to know you? What are some What are some things that can maybe say, ask? Um, so we talk about time. Definitely, that's important. Um, spending time. Asking questions about you, are there any uh, cues or, or helps you would give to those who are listening? Like, this is how you get to know me anyways. And and you're not speaking for all twos. You're speaking for yourself. But there are plenty of people out there that will uh, resonate with that. I have a really close friend, and we went through our graduate studies together. And that friendship has developed in long, long stretches of hanging out together, like eight hours, like our family is coming together for eight hours and we just talk the whole time. And some, you know, maybe one time we get together and the other, the person talks most of the time because there's something that's happening. And then the next time we come together, I'm talking. And then the next time, and over months and years, there are these series of long conversations that are going deep. And it's not that we met on Thursday and I talked for 30 minutes and they, and they talked for 30 minutes and we exactly... It, but that over time, we have these, like, series of deep conversations. And now that friend, like, she gives me so much. I give her so much. But it's not just, like, inch by inch re- reciprocal at every second. But there's a long arc of reciprocity and openness and deepness. And we talk about our work. We talk about our families, raising kids, things like that. That has led to what I feel is a deep connection coming out of grad school where there are a lot of superficial connections. And it's that willingness to not just talk about work or just talk about one aspect or like the place where you met, but opening up into broader pieces of yourself, sharing your past, meeting family members over the years, going to special, being invited to special events. Like that to me, um, it takes time to build that that deep connection. Um, And I have another friend who we actually schedule time. I have actually, at this point, I have several friends who I schedule time with as a repeating um, thing on my calendar because they're so important to me and we don't live close to each other. And that's another way is like to stay in each other's minds and those friendships and connections um, have continued. And it's over time, week by week, month by month, sharing and sharing and sharing the real, the realness, like Mm -hmm. not superficial check-ins, real, deep, multi-layered across different aspects of life. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, thank you. I have friends like you that we I, I talk with someone once a month 
We, we spend an hour on the phone just talking about our lives and sharing about the hard things as well as, um, the dreams. And, and, um, I have someone I go to lunch with once a month. And so with those kind of relationships, you just jump in. There's no, uh, standing at the end of the diving board deciding whether you want to jump or not. It's, it's easier to jump in because you've cultivated that over and over again. And so you treasure those relationships. Yeah, and I have a couple friends who, you know, will ask me, how are you? And it's almost hard. I don't know if you guys find this as well to say fine when you're not fine. You're like, oh, fine. <laughs> it's it's hard to, I don't know, be surfacy when you're really not. And I, you know, mentioned before vulnerability is a big thing for me. So if somebody who knows me well enough to know the things that I might be struggling with, if they take that step to be vulnerable in those areas and be like, hey, um, you know, I'm struggling with this, I well, then it'll be like, you know, verbal diarrhea, me too, well on. And then I can <laughs> I can feel uh, freedom <laughs> to burden them <laughs> with the things that I'm struggling with and kind of share in that together. Um, so because they want to hear it. Right, right. I think when you cultivate those relationships, they want to hear it. And, um, and being able to speak into it or just listen. Sometimes we just need someone to listen as we're trying to sort this out. Uh, because for me, sometimes it's going through the forest to get to the clearing because I'm still trying to uh, figure out what, what I need and what's going on. There's also some – through these long conversations, I think you – I find like deep uh, parallels like often with people who I grow very close to and they differ by person. But like – there's something that's deep about our experience or our way of seeing the world that we can use as an anchor point for for having a relationship um, that I don't have to just explain. I have to explain this and you don't understand that. They just get some piece of you and you can just rely on that as an anchor for the relationship. Hmm. And I do have like different people that like I'm thinking of specific friends that I'm very vulnerable in this one area with them. They know the things that I struggle with. They don't necessarily know about these other things because we might not have those in common. But like I have, you know, like you said, kind of like touch points or ink points between my circle of friends where I can release each of those things that I struggle with and have somebody to talk to with those mm-hmm. things about, even if it's not the entirety of all of all of my struggles. I agree completely. And I think I, I did that. You know, in my younger years, I did that. I had the one or two person that I would I would share everything with. And when they left and moved away, um, then I had to realize, oh, that's a hard person to find. You know, that's a treasure worth holding on to where after that going, okay, there's some people that want to, you know, that I can share this part with or this part with. I mean, it's wonderful when you can share everything about yourself and feel safe. Um, but the other realizing that how much can people handle? You know, how can how can they handle all this? And so then you kind of divvy it up among yeah. <laughs> among some of your other friends. Yeah. Well, thank you so much uh, to you uh, for opening up as you did, and for. Being vulnerable, being honest, being funny, being yourselves. And uh, uh, really deeply appreciate that. So big hugs, high fives, and love to each of you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
Well, thanks for listening to the Type 2 panel, and we will get into coaching for the Type 2s in just a second. But before we do that, I wanted to remind you that you can like and subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you have your podcasts. And if you haven't left us a rating, especially on iTunes, it helps people find the show, and we really, really appreciate it. So thank you so much for joining us. If, you're, if you've been on the whole journey through this now being our third season or if you're just joining us, we're, we're so glad you're here. And you can check out more of our work at theartofgrowth.org where you have the portals to get to Joel for coaching or to Abby and I for couples coaching. And feel free to ask any questions there as well. So, Joel, before we go, we want to talk about coaching an Enneagram type two. Mm. With everything that they were talking about, what they need, how do you how do you best recommend um, steps for the type two to to grow and develop as a person? Mm. Yeah, I and mean, I'll talk about the sort of bo- the, both. Uh, how do you interact with the two, bring out the best in them, and mm. have a good relationship? And also, what are the steps twos can take to um, to work on themselves to improve? So that they can have better and more meaningful relationships. It's it's definitely the interest of the two. The two's focus is very relational. You know, how do I engage in relationship? And the question is answered for the type two by being helpful. So if I'm helpful to you, then you you will welcome me into relationship. The two has to actually flip that on its head. Um, and because, again, each type has a lie, right? We've talked about this before. There's a lie that each type has, which is if I do this, then I get, then my need will be met. And the type two, when they are able to flip that and recognize that um, I'm loved as I am for who I am right in this moment, not for what I do, um, then they don't have to do for others in order to experience relationship, their belief actually becomes actualized. Mm. If they start with the belief, then their actions will go alongside of that. Um, So it's really important for twos to see if they can hold back a little bit from immediately going right to help as their go-to in order to, um, to enter relationship. Now, when I say that, what I mean is not that the two needs to be less helpful. In fact, um, what I do in my coaching sessions with with clients is I emphasize that there's a gift and there's a, a, a power to each type. And the only thing we do is the only reason why we work on the on the lower habits, the shadow self, is in order to release that type to fully be who they actually are and along with their gifts. So for the two, it would be, yes, you're made to help and you're amazing at it. And we want you to be even more amazing at it. Like it, this is not about restraining the two in any way. Mm. But it's about awareness of what's driving that. And if what's driving that is I need – in order to be in a relationship, I need to, to, to serve you. I need to find a need. And if you don't have a need, I don't know exactly how to enter a relationship with you. Mm. Then it becomes uh, a manipulative. It becomes a problem in, in relationship with other people. And so if the two can slow that down, can hold back a little bit and also practice tuning in. There's a couple things that they can do is tune into – is this right now a personal need that I have that I'm trying to meet by meeting the needs of other people? Mm. So do I have a need to be helped? Do I have a need to be loved? Am I hurting in some way? And that is difficult for people that tend to think of the world first and their needs versus their own. Um, But that act of tuning in then 
allows the two to be more discerning about what the actual needs are of the world around it. And then when they go about moving in that freedom to then really meet the needs, it's really powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's precise. It's really targeted, aimed well, and delivered well. And it's it's not for the purpose of then being welcomed into relationship or getting the approval from others that they have, in fact, been helpful. And twos don't need a whole lot. That's It's true. Twos are actually very self-reliant types. Um, and uh, so they don't need a whole lot. But that's, I think, helpful for twos is to, is to approach relationships that way. To see themselves, uh, one of the mantras, I try to give mantras to each client that works for them. I mean, they, they, this is done in dialogue with them. But for the twos to, to know you are already loved. You are mm-hmm. already welcomed into relationship with people. And for them to orient themselves back to their true self by saying, I already am loved, you know, I'm already helpful, I'm already seen. Mm. And by doing so, that kind of settles the the system a little bit. So it's not as nervous and anxious to be welcomed into relationship and to feel connected with other people. That's really good because I feel like saying to the twos in my life that I'm in relationship with, what you bring to me is not why I'm here. I just want to be in relationship with you, Mm. not what you can offer me, not because I'm getting some need met. Like you are not just you are enough because that gets thrown away, thrown out a lot is important of a phrase. It is. It can be thrown out as a cliche, but really like just being in relationship with you is what I'm looking for here. Mm. And I appreciate you as you are, not for what you can help me with. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. I think um, the other thing too is is for twos what they can do, which is a, which is a very vulnerable act on their part, but it really works. Is when they recognize that they have a need for approval. When they can tune into that need, I have a need for approval right now. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can imagine the logic of this, their attention goes out to the world around it. They live in this social mirror. How do you see me? That means that then they don't have a strong sense of the self. Because they don't have a strong sense of the self, the need for feedback is really important. Positive feedback is super, super important for them. And so the work of the two is really to develop more of that internal self, sense of self. Who am I? What are my desires? What are my dreams? What do I want to do? And slowing down and just doing that for five minutes a day powerful for the two. Just slowing down enough to say, what is, what do I want? What do I, so pulling away from people maybe a little bit, Mm -hmm. which is really difficult, but that's what actually strengthens the sense of the self is who am I? What am I about? What do I want? And then doing a little something of self-care, just a little something strengthens the identity, strengthens the sense of the self outside of the world around it. And as they do so, then they can go back to the world, which is their natural way of going. And again, that's, it's not as dependent upon approval. But here's what happens too, is when you're not quite there and you need the sense of approval, you need to know that you're being helpful. In some relationships, you can do this as a two. You can actually ask the question. Hmm. Right? So I call that outing our type <laughs> because we tend to hide our type. Uh, all of us do. You know, every one of the types, we, we hide at a certain aspect of who we are because it feels vulnerable. So out that part of you by saying, you know, I'm, I'm 
needing to know if, if this is helpful to you. Is this, is this helpful? And the person may actually say yes, in fact, because some people genuinely, because they don't need approval or hardly any, never think to give it. And so if you ask, you know, how am I doing? You know, what do you think? Um, oftentimes people will say, including me, I just tend not to think that. But when a type two asks me, how do you think I'm doing? You know, am I being helpful? I am all, I'm absolutely happy to say, mm-hmm. that's fantastic. What an incredible job you did. That was really meaningful to me. Thank you. And so that those are just ways for us to get about life without having to be perfect. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. we're not going to ever get to that perf- state of perfection, right? But it's on the way there. Sometimes we need little helps like, I do need to hear approval. I do need to hear feedback rather than going about it in sort of backdoor entrances. Mm. um, I'm just going to out the type. And you'd be surprised at how that actually works and really nourishes you and then satisfies you for for a while. And twos can go for a long time, you know, with with, uh, just a little bit of approval. And so that leads into then then how do others support type twos? Yeah, I mean, that's that's a really helpful thing is just to come out and say to the, the, the two, you, I see you, thank you for your help. Here's how it helped me. This isn't patronizing. Patronizing would be, oh, you're fantastic, you're wonderful, blah, 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 which twos would suspect. Uh, and right. it's it's they don't buy that right, right? right. they're smart they're not dumb they they know when they're being patronized so notice the the work that they do oftentimes doing things nobody else would do and nobody mm-hmm. else wants to do twos are the first to sacrifice and it's beautiful and it should be something that the rest of us say thank you so much for doing something most of us would never dare to do never embarrass ourselves to do Twos do not mind embarrassing themselves if it's going to serve somebody else or help somebody else. So we ought to be grateful and say, thank you. I notice that. I see that. So just the little that we can do in that space really helps twos out a whole lot. And then when a two is is uh, at times kind of trying to elicit that feedback from us, that we give grace and space to say, oh, I see what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to be seen. I don't need to be seen. And it drives it would drive me crazy ordinarily, but because that's where you are. <laughs> it's not where I am. I need grace in, in my ways, so then I extend grace to you. And I think that really is the bridge we need to walk on that's uh, helpful to one another in general, but specifically to the type two is to recognize, see them, start with that. Start before you get right into it with a two. Like here's the, if you're an employer or you're a boss or you're, you know, whatever, and you, you have a type two employee or you're the type two boss. When you come in to meet with that two, if she or he is your boss or your employee, don't start with the agenda and, and hit that right away consistently mm. over and over again, day after day, week after week. Start with how are you? And pause and listen. Because for them, it's about relationship and it's about being seen. That's so important. Biggest motivator. You want to motivate your employee? like Absolutely. See yeah. them. See, See them. them. And that doesn't take a long time. We think of efficiencies in business world. That's really remarkably small. It's, it's, it all, it, all it is is just a few minutes. Type twos don't demand a lot. They don't need a lot. Um, but if you do that, that's very motivated. That's very helpful. And they feel seen and heard. And, and so the check-in, how are you? How are you doing? You know, 
And as you heard from our panelists, you know, write them a note. They'll keep it. It means a lot to them. Yes. Yeah, that was a really powerful insight um, yeah. that came up in the panel. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah, so thank you twos out there. We appreciate all you do and all you are. Um, and thank you so much to all of you for joining us. And until next time, have an amazing week. Thank you.